process that of of procuring the herbs. I was using dried herbs at the time, making something with my hands and then applying it to myself morning and night. That was so healing for me. Welcome to Heart Speak Podcast, conversations and recorded experiences on reclaiming our roots, connecting to our visions, and trusting our heart path. I'm your host, Megan, and I am here to share stories of healing, creativity, revival, and resilience for our time here on Earth right now, a time in which I feel we are in the midst of a profound cultural transformation. The hearth, as a source of warmth, is traditionally the central community gathering space where storytelling takes place. Our stories are sacred, and the stories we tell ourselves and others have the potential to shape and inform how we show up for this larger story. Thank you for being here and taking the time to listen. Welcome everyone to HeartSpeak Podcast. I'm here with my friend Romina. And Romina Takimoto is native to Honolulu, Hawaii, and has been living in St. Paul, Minnesota for 15 years. She is the founder and natural cosmetics formulator of Romy Apothecary, a collection of artisanal skincare products made from Minnesota-grown medicinal herbs. Romina's plant path was sparked in 2016 after meeting Rosemary Gladstar at the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. Romina realized that plants have been there for her all her life, and it was just a matter of tuning in to cultivate that rich connection. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here today, Romina. Yes, Megan, I'm so excited to be here speaking with you. I've been looking forward to it for a while. Oh, great. Well, I would love to hear just the last sentence of your bio. Um, I'd love to kind of start there, just talking more about when you said the plants have been there for you all your life. It was just a matter of tuning in. I wonder if you could expand upon that and give the listeners a little bit more of the story with that. Mm, yes. So, right, like growing up in Honolulu, I feel like throughout my education, um, the plants were integrated everywhere from outdoor classrooms to outdoor playgrounds, all seasons of the year. Um, um, I remember there's this huge banyan tree in one of our playgrounds. And um, I would always go to the banyan tree and climb it. That was like my favorite thing to do. Mm. This like <laughs> huge banyan tree with dripping branches and roots and little um, openings for you to like crawl into and, and, and perch on. Um, it was always my favorite thing to do. Um, and I would say that my parents, as wonderful as they are, were really not nature people at all. Um, I think my parents, throughout my knowing them, my dad said he's only been to the beach maybe like three times to swim in the ocean. Um, <laughs> and they've never, they never went on hikes or, um, 
they were just like not nature people. They were very much metropolitan and, and international and cultural. But um, so within that framework, I kind of grew up not realizing that there was so much there in nature to connect with um, on a spiritual level. And um, in college, it was a real blossoming when I flew from the island of Oahu to Minnesota to attend McAllister College. It was really where um, my eyes were open to so many things. And um, I had a garden at some point, and it, I remember it was like a huge garden, south-facing. And I started everything from seed one year, and it was just a beautiful garden. And I took—I was taking pictures of it and sending it to my parents and my family, and they were just so surprised. They're like, "How is this?" city girl knowing what to do with plants and seeds and they just um they were surprised by it all and even through gardening um vegetable gardening i i really really enjoyed the labor the attending to the seedlings the maintenance of it all but i didn't have that plant spirit connection yet until I went to um, the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. It was in fall of 2016 and Rosemary Gladstar was there with her 93-year-old mother mm -hmm. um, and it was such a beautiful conference. It was a little bit smaller than the summer one so it's just more intimate feeling and um, I wanted to get every moment possible out of the conference, starting with these 7 a.m. plant spirit meditations with Rebecca Dawn mm -hmm. and um, Linda Conroy also led a couple like really early morning plant walks. And I started to, to really see the possibilities of connecting with plants on a spiritual level through their spirits um, opening up to the messages whether it would be subtle or <laughs> in your face and in meditation one morning I started getting flashbacks of certain plants that I poignantly remembered, whether it was the sage in my garden that came back um, after the winter. I just, that, that image came to mind like, oh, why is that coming to me right now? That sage, maybe that sage was speaking to me or the image of the Grand, Ban Grand Banyan tree in the playground came through. And um, I saw plumeria trees that were, um, that I frequented, you know, and all these plant allies started coming forward and I realized, oh my gosh, they were there throughout my childhood, throughout my life. And 
whether I knew it or not, they were there for me. Um, and so that was just a real transformative time. And ever since then, I've been trying to seek opportunities to strengthen that connection and learn from others. Um, and also um, just being more in tune on a personal level. Thank you for sharing that journey. I think there are others who can relate to remembering plants as being allies in life, but we all come to it perhaps at different points or in different ways. And I think it's very powerful that you had these plants revisit you in that way and remind you and that you've continued on and you've listened and you were aware enough to take in these messages and move forward with that. I would love to hear more too about um, who has inspired you on this journey. Are there any other teachers or people that have been an integral part of this experience that you've had? You know, you mentioned Rosemary Gladstar. Is there anyone else that you would like to honor or recognize in this time? Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel that there are so many people. It's hard to, mm. <laughs> um, I want to acknowledge them all. Um, and of course, you know, the Twin Cities and our Midwest region, we have so many beautiful and wise um, people spreading the plant knowledge and the plant love. Um, what comes to mind now is, of course, um, Jessie Belden of the Madison Tree. I took a, her herbal apprenticeship um, the summer of 2017, and that was that was really, really important to the development of my herbal practice. Um, one thing I appreciate about her internship was that it was super accessible and she not only brought um, the facts, like all the material medica and um, perspectives that way, but she also taught about the plant spirit connection. Um, Anna Wyans and her gorgeous um, herbal CSA um, and also she teamed up with Sacha who I know has been on this podcast and um, I they did a plant meditation series one summer and I remember sitting with you in circle mm -hmm. um, um, amongst the Bodhi tree one beautiful summer afternoon and those plant spirit meditations were really really powerful and you may be able to speak to this too but I think all of us at the time we were kind of experiencing it felt the power like wow this is really special and unique and there's something here um, mm -hmm. and those meditations and those images and those connections have been 
one of the strongest that I felt. And I think it was just amplified by the presence of other people that were in this like group together. And um, super happy that Sacha is continuing to do that work because it's really needed in this world. Um, yeah, and, I w and one other person I wanna mention is Portia Richardson of Tall Reads Healing Arts. Um, she is a really good friend and we were both in school together at the same time. She was on a different path. She was doing her traditional Chinese medicine route and I was in occupational therapy grad school, but we were both kind of like share whenever we got together because our boyfriends at the time were in a um, free music improvisational band together. Mm -hmm. um, but we were <laughs> the band um, groupies. And whenever we got together, we would just kind of share what we were learning. And um, I remember Portia was the one to introduce me to essential oils. And, um, and this was way in the maybe like 2008, 2009. And, um, and ever since then, she's, she has a beautiful practice now. And she's, she, she's so inspirational and she's really been pivotal in cultivating this, this power in me and this pride of feminine divinity and earth goddessness. And sometimes it takes someone to see potential and energy within you for you to kind of realize it yourself. Mm. Um, and, and I was so fortunate to have Portia in my life to see that in me and just nudge me in the most gentle and loving way to, to fortify that. Mm. Oh, I love what you said about that. I think that's such a valuable thing to understand about the ways that we connect with others and how these relationships are so important as we grow and learn and develop new ideas and who are these people that have been by our sides through it all and I think that's a really really beautiful friendship and also the other people you mentioned just really strong voices in the herbal community that we have in the Twin Cities and surrounding areas and I'm really grateful as well to have but in the presence of many of these women and teachers and people that have just really, really honored the plants in a deep way. Um, so thank you for, for bringing that to this conversation. And yes. yeah, and I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear more about Romy Apothecary. Um, so how did that start? What's the story? <laughs> yes, I love telling this story and it I would say it was um it developed over a longer period of time. It was a process of um personal learning and exploration. Um but yes, I was so my first 
kind of career that I pursued um, was occupational therapy. And um, I worked for, and I'm, I'm still an occupational therapist, but I worked full time for about five years and I was the float in our department. So I um, was in acute care in inpatient rehab and I also did outpatient. And it was a really hard position, honestly, because there was three different stages of um, patients in their recovery three different documentation systems. And um, being afloat, you had to know a little bit about everything and you never had a consistent schedule. So I think it fit me really well. I loved it. I loved the challenge, um, but it was wearing on me and I was feeling really burned out. Um, I'm a empathic person by nature and when you're a healthcare worker whether you know it or whether you don't know it you are submitted to trauma like mm. for eight hours a day five days a week sometimes seven days a week if you're doing a weekend rotation um, and although you know in our training and just having it be a part of our daily routine, we build up a lot of resilience and thicker skin to deal with, um, honestly, quite frankly, like really tragic or, you know, scary, fearful moments. Um, it still wears on you. And so, you know, I remember it was maybe a Wednesday, it was the middle of the week. Um, it was a really hard day for one reason or another, and I was just feeling so, so drained, like emotionally drained, but physically so tired as well. And I just didn't want to go home. I didn't want to go home and start the process of, of winding down at night and having to go back to work the next day. So I was stalling. I was in my local um, co-op and I was just like wandering the aisles of the wellness department aimlessly, probably like a zombie in my scrubs. Mm -hmm. And um, a book caught my eye and it was this really thin, maybe like 30 page booklets. And I don't even know how I spotted it, but I, but it just like caught my eye and it was all about natural beauty by Rosemary Gladstar. And I opened it up and I pretty much like flipped through every page while I was standing there in the wellness department. And it was it was all about making your own natural beauty cosmetics. And she had recipes in there. And I didn't know who Rosemary Gladstar was, who she was at the time. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, who is this woman? Like the voice that she is using is speaking to me so, so strongly. And 
it was this like fairy like earth goddess vibe that I was really tuning into. Mm. So I bought that book and slowly I started making the recipes. I think my first product was um, this, I forget the name. It it was like queen of something, but it was like a a toner with um, rose and lavender and apple cider vinegar and different herbs in there. Um, And that was my first product I ever made. And slowly, I mean, once I, once I find something I like, my type of personality is like, I go deep, I do a deep dive and I get really obsessed about it. Mm. (laughs) And so I um, started making the products and using it myself and me like grown in our bioregion, I started feeling the energy of those plants. And so my skincare routine became a therapeutic routine for me as I would go to the hospital. In the morning, it was like putting on a shield, Mm. you know, Um, using roses and yarrow to create kind of like a energetic boundary so that I can keep myself safe in my container, but also give to my patients And then at night, it became kind of like a cleansing and a restorative ritual. Um, And through that process, um, that was where I started started to think, oh my gosh, this is, I, I need to share this and I, this is my calling. And, um, that's kind of when, that's how Romeo Apothecary was, um, born. (laughs) Wow. Thank you for sharing that. It, oh, that's just a wonderful, I loved how you were describing the skincare routine as this point of connection as therapy for you and a way to integrate the plants into your daily life. And is that something that's always been a way in how you select the plants that you use? Is it an energetic kind of what they have to offer? Are there also considerations for their benefits? I'm assuming as well, like what is the plant selection like and how has that evolved for you? Yes. So I, I would say that my process as a natural cosmetics formulator is always stemmed from looking at the scientific evidence, the functionality, and then, and then yes, the therapeutic spiritual benefits. Um, So Whenever I make a new product, I try to think about what do I want this product to achieve functionally on the skin. And then I research a whole bunch of um, herbs that meet that function. And whenever I can, I try to use our local bioregional herbs. Um, A, because 
I solely, I really, really believe that um, the plants around us and that grow around us are the plants that are most beneficial to us as we live in the same soil, drink the same water, and are fed by the same sunlight. Um, there is um, a huge phytonutrient connection there, I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would say I'm, I, I really, really study the scientific components of the plants. And then when I'm thinking about scent or the way that I want to make my products um, conjure an emotion or a feeling, that's where I get to play with the spiritual energetic properties of an herb. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, and why would someone want to work with a product that is with plants that are grown locally or bioregionally or as natural as possible. Why is that so important for someone who is putting these products on their skin? Mm. Yes, so um, first of all, um, like I was saying, you know, the plants around us are, meant to be used. It's part of the wise woman tradition mm-hmm. of herbalism where, you know, the, the weeds that grow around us are the most beneficial as food, as medicine. Um, there are allies and they're in abundance. And, um, and we, like I said, we share the same soil and water and sun and living communally with these plants and eating them, it just seems so natural to also use their medicine um, to feed our skin as well. Um, Another reason why I really believe in using um, bioregional herbs is because of the sustainability and the reduction on footprint. Um, you know, us in the Midwest, um, we could use exotic, you know, herbs like turmeric or, or, um, you know, like Ayurvedic herbs that come all the way from India or, um, traditional Chinese herbs that come from China, but A, that's a really large footprint and B, those herbs grow in those bioregions for those cultures. It may not necessarily match with our biodiversity or our, our biochemistry of, of living in the upper Midwest. Um, so I'm not an expert on this and I'm still learning, I must say, um, but as I'm reading more and learning from my teachers, um, this has been a really important um, you know, point um, of using the herbs that grow around us. 
Yeah. And I think what makes your products so unique as well is that you work with plants like chickweed um, that I don't often see in other skincare. And it brings up more conversation for other people to begin to maybe look deeper into what is chickweed and where is it growing? And, oh, wow, I have so much of this in my backyard. And to kind of bring people into their own rituals as well and in that connection and understanding. So I think that's a very, very powerful thing that you're doing with this work. Oh, thank you. Yes, you know, um, I, I really believe that we don't need the most luxurious ingredients or the most special and unique rare plants out there to heal us. I mean, there's so much magic and medicine in just like the common plants. And for some reason that is not as uh, sexy, I think to people mm -hmm. um, <laughs> when they're thinking about like, whoa, what luxury product do I want? Or what, what things do I want to get myself? Um, like the dandelion or the chickweed or, you know, the comfrey that, that is, or the plantain, those are not honestly sexy herbs, <laughs> but <laughs> as you know, they hold so much benefit. And I think that's the magic that right under our nose, right under our feet, as we trample on them, like that's, that is where our healing is. And we just have to look and tune in and appreciate to access. Yeah, and I can speak personally in my work with those plants that you mentioned, I would say they're more impactful for me than if I were to work with a plant that is coming from India or somewhere far away from here. And I've noticed a difference in how my body responds. And so I find that very interesting as well to remember that and to also understand that the abundance is here for us and these plants are here and we can grow them here and take care of them here. And there's not a lot of traveling we have to do. <laughs> so it's, it's accessible for so many people to begin to understand that as well and to, to create their own beauty products and begin to support other people doing this work as well. It's really, it's really wonderful. Yes. And, and having the perspective of working in the, within the medical industrial complex, within healthcare and allopathic medicine, I see now the benefits of herbal medicine and taking your health into your own hands Mm. and not just being subject to what other people tell you to do for your health, just because they have, you know, eight years of education. Um, there's a time and a place for that, for sure. But um, in this age when um, we have 
so many tools at our hand to educate ourselves and, and to investigate ingredients and, um, and to learn. I think it's so important that we empower ourselves to take care of our own health. And um, there is a huge push that's been developing and is stronger now than ever of preventative me medicine and health and well-being so that we don't even get to the stage of disease, disease and illness where we need the hospital. Mm -hmm. And herbal medicine has empowered me to take care of my own health. And, um, and I, I, I've seen it firsthand working in the hospitals that some people are just, um, maybe it's too overwhelming or they don't feel confident in their own abilities. Um, but I've seen people just, that just wait and wait and not do anything and get sicker and sicker and just end up in the hospital because um, there is no other <laughs> um, way out um, and that they've been waiting for someone to save them and heal them whereas um, the work could have been done personally all throughout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for speaking to that. I feel very strongly about that as well. And it's great because you have that direct experience that you can speak to and just witnessing and observing that over the years. And I think it's wonderful that you are able to be a bridge for that as well in this work. And I'm wondering too, if there's a reason why skincare has called to you so strongly um why is what's what is it about the skin that has called to you mm. you know um that's a really good question and i i've been exploring that personally as well um i think it boils down to the body-mind awareness, the somatic intelligence within our bodies that responds to touch with um, so much emotion and deepness. So when we apply skincare to our face, um, when we slather our body in lotion or in my case I love to slather my body in oils after a shower um, when I do my routine of applying skincare to the face I it's just me and my hands and then these beautiful plant medicines and coupled with breathing and the mind work of just centering, my body can really connect with my heart and my mind during these rituals. Um, 
And so I think it really speaks to the innate wisdom that the body holds and how it responds to touch that I'm really um, drawn to. There's been so many times where I'm in my head, where I'm super anxious, where I feel tightness in my chest. And no matter what I do, um, trying to be calm or try to escape from those thoughts, I cannot. And as soon as I get into my body, whether changing the temperature or putting my hand on my chest and rubbing it or massaging my jaw, there is a deepness that sinks in and there's a shift that happens. Um, and that connection is really profound to me. Um, and by applying plant medicines to your skin, it crosses the it crosses into our skin, into our bloodstream. And um, our skin is very porous. It's the largest organ in our body. Um, and there's so many nerve endings and we have the ability to connect to our nervous system um, through our skin. So um, I think those are um, some of the main reasons I am so drawn to making skincare, just this, the tangibleness of it and then the direct physical and emotional effects that I get from applying herbs to my skin. That's an incredible response. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I sometimes I get, um, really nervous when I'm speaking. Um, I must say a lot of people don't know this about me, but um, Korean was my first language. I only spoke Korean until I was six years old. And then um, my mom was even worried that I would not get into kindergarten because I didn't speak English. Um, and so I, I, I don't know, I always get self-conscious about, you know, organizing my thoughts and having them come out cohesively. <laughs> well, you're doing wonderfully. I'm resonating so deeply with what you're saying, and I know others will as well. Good. Yeah, it's a very profound thing working with the skin, and the skin is the largest organ in our body. And it's so important that we take care of our skin and understand the ways that we can connect through touch and these simple rituals too that can have such profound healing. Would you be willing to speak to some of your favorite routines or rituals that you're currently doing or that you have in the past worked with? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I... Uh, this is, I love this, these sort of personal rituals. They're my um, sacred moments in the day. Um, the body oiling is really, really special to me. I do it every day as I come out of the shower. My skin is still damp. And um, I 
kind of wick off the water from my skin. And then I apply oils while I'm standing in the bathroom. And um, the oil, the, I use my products, but sometimes when covering the entire body, it's, it's nice to use something that's a little bit more economical and um, less labor intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just use a simple grapeseed oil. I really like um, grapeseed oil. It, it's light. It soaks in really well. It's non-comedogenic. It doesn't have a really strong scent. And um, I go over my entire body, really massaging the grapeseed oil into my skin. And then for really key areas, um, like my chest and my neck and my earlobes and my feet, I really love using um, my Northwoods body oil that I make. It has um, wildcrafted conifers, so um, Mm. spruce and pine, there's cedar in there. I include cardamom pods and a Hawaiian-grown vanilla bean from the city of Laie in Oahu. Mm. And all of those meld together and they make this beautiful um, evergreen scented oil without any essential oils. I just love that. And so Mm -hmm. I will anoint my chest and my earlobes and my feet with it and just take in the aroma and I just it literally transports me to the forests in Minnesota when we're surrounded by our spruce and our pine um so that is one of the favorite practices I look forward to in a day I also just love spritzing toner on my face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just so refreshing. It immediately shifts my mood. Um, It's cooling. The scent is, um, the scent is, it just, it awakens something in me and it's just effervescent and light. And um, I'm specifically talking about my rose and yarrow toner. Mm. I just love that so much. And yarrow is a plant ally of mine and it often pops up when I need her the most, um, even when I travel. And um, yeah, I keep a little um, one ounce spray bottle of rose and yarrow with me, um, even at work at my lunch break, I would um, spritz it on because yarrow can, is, is known to help with um, maintaining boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then rose evokes like the romantic soft beauty of the rose coupled with um, the thorns that help protect it. So um, those those products I really enjoy using and I really like just coming back to those throughout the day. I I will even keep a bottle of the Northwoods oil by my desk as I'm working on the computer and just kind of 
anoint my forearms or my hands and take in the sense um, whenever I feel stuck or weary, you know, of hours of screen time. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. So would you say those two are your favorite or do you have any others that, or how can you pick a favorite really? I mean, <laughs> do you have one that you really enjoy? <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. They're all my babies because I've, um, really taken a lot of time to create them um, and make them. But I would say uh, those two for sure, the Rosanier toner and the Northwoods body oil. And then another absolute favorite of mine is the Oracle Eye Balm. Um, it doesn't have any essential oils and it has infusions of violet flower and leaf, horsetail. I use a Japanese shade-grown green tea. There's mango butter, there's eye bright in there. Um, and this time of year, this spring is the most exciting time, I think, for herbalists. When the snow melts away and we go out and see what is popping up from the earth and violets are the most beautiful like to stumble upon a healthy vibrant patch of violets is probably the most beautiful thing to me they're cute little flowers and the soft heart-shaped leaves and the joy and the beauty that they bring into my heart and um, their medicine is just very cooling and soothing and demulcent. Um, and that balm, um, I apply it to the delicate skin around my eyes, but since it's so gentle, I, I love putting it on my lips or, or even, you know, I, I use it on the rest of my face if there's some dry patches, my cuticles. It's just a, it's a lovely product and it reminds me of the, the violet patches that you stumble upon in the spring. Mm. I love hearing the joy that you have in your voice talking about these different products <laughs> and plants. It's so apparent how meaningful this has been for you. Um, do you have any plans next for Romy? Do you have any other secret product reveals or anything else? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I had this past year for Romy has been the most successful year yet. And it's really given me confidence to um, really go full forward in my business. And so I have a lot of plans to um, I'm working with a designer to kind of redesign some of the packaging and um maybe come up with a logo that is more personal and more connected to nature. Mm -hmm. um, Want to redo our website so it's user-friendly and accessible to our customers. 
Um, and I'm also working with a marketing manager. Um, her name is Nicole, and she is the biggest blessing um, to my business. I mean, all of the of our employees are so wonderful. Um, and Nicole has really been helping to kind of take my values and mission and what I speak and breathe and do in the production of Romy and and she's helping to assemble and disseminate that into words for our customers. So that's been very exciting to me. Um, another employee of mine, Sharika, has become on as my production assistant and um, we're moving the Romy lab into our finished basement and I'm investing in capital equipment to create a, 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 um, a really updated lab mm. so that um, I could produce on larger scales. And for new products coming out, um, I really want to make like a bug balm for the summer months. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, um, some sort of sun protection. People have been asking me um, frequently about sun care. Um, and it's very, very difficult for a natural cosmetics formulator to make a sunscreen because, um, Sunscreens take equipment and testing, and um, it's a huge thing to make the sunscreen um, even and um, durable. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like there's something that I can do for sun protection um, in the future. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what's on the horizon. It's all like very new and exciting. That is so exciting. I'm so happy. <laughs> that makes me feel very overjoyed for you and just continuing to see where it goes. And I know that people are starting to really understand the value of this and will be wanting to support as natural as they possibly can get <laughs> what, they're, what they're working with. I'm seeing just so much of that happening right now. So it's a really great time to be where you're at. So. Yes, we are in the era of the skin intellectual, <laughs> <laughs> where, um, you know, ingredients really matter. Um, value and mission really matters. Um, the focus on low footprint, um, reusable materials like glassware um, and you know how does the company that I am supporting by buying skincare products from them how do they support the community at large so we're in this era where we are just surrounded by the masses that are really intelligent and and they, they want to invest their dollar in places where it really counts. Um, 
and and I know this because that's what I do, you know, in this era of um, and today's Earth Day, and this is why it's on my mind. Mm-hmm. And in this era where where capitalism has essentially created a war on nature, in taking and taking and taking resources for the sake of gaining more power and more money. Um, It's super important that we as a collective, as masses, um, do whatever we can to combat capitalism's war on nature. Um, And that means educating ourselves, educating others, um, and holding companies and businesses accountable for their practices and um, and pushing for more transparency of ingredients, of practices, of um, mission and value. Mm, absolutely, it's so important. Yeah, thank you for speaking to that as well. Um, is there anything else on your heart in this moment that you would like to share about anything that's come up for you? Well, yes, I, so we're in difficult times and there are days when I just feel so overwhelmed and frozen and unable to move forward. Um, And I've been really kind of thinking about what my place is in this world and the lessons um, from my ancestors. And, (laughs) um, you know, I haven't spoken about this much, but I was brought into this world two and a half weeks earlier than my birth time. My mother, um, who's a businesswoman through and through, had to go on a buying trip for her business. And she petitioned not only against her doctor, um, but also the hospital's medical director, who then made her go to Hawaii State Medical Director so that she could get a voluntary C-section to get me out two weeks (laughs) earlier than my due date. And then she left for Europe um, two weeks after my birth. And so I always grew up feeling like I didn't belong. Mm. And I didn't really put the two together until I reconnected with my birth story. Um, but I always felt like, man, I, I, I didn't belong. I didn't belong in um, the social groups in Hawaii. And then when I came to the mainland, I felt like I didn't belong um, culturally or, um, or, you know, always having that sense of being out of place. Mm-hmm. And when I found my plant medicine spiritual connection 
and started working with the herbs and being out in nature and communing with the plants and the trees and making skincare, this is the time where I started to feel like this was my place and that I belonged. And it's been a whole process of unlearning, unlearning things from my childhood, unlearning things that I thought I should be doing um, to get to this place. Um, and the drive, the inner drive for me to explore is always gonna be there. And I think my, my strong female ancestors in my family, um, my Obachan from Japan, raised four kids during World War II while my grandpa was interned in a Japanese camp because he was a Portuguese British citizen. Mm -hmm. My Obachan ran a garment factory and made pants for Japanese soldiers. And that's how she fed the children during the war. Um, and my maternal grandmother, Hemini, she brought four young children across the 38th parallel into South Korea during the Korean War and um, raised four children during that time. And so when times are tough, I think about my grandmothers, Obachan and Haimani, and how they endured war times, difficult times, and helped raise their family. And that gives me strength that, you know, I can do this. I can figure this day day out. I can, <laughs> I can try to tackle one of these problems that I have in my day or try to accomplish something um, because I have the strong ancestral lines running through me. Mm. Wow. So sorry, that was a, a lot in the last moment. Oh, no, don't be sorry. I am so glad that you shared that because in understanding where we come from and in connecting with our ancestors, there are so many, uh, there's just so much rich, richness there and, and how that's informed in our lives and how we move through the world. And you speaking to that as a reminder for so many of us to look into our roots and, and understand where we come from and, and understand in, in childhood too in those like really crucial years and that you've been able to go into that and I'm sure it's a very painful thing and to be able to go into that and look at how that's carried throughout your life and and be able to come out the other side and and learn the resilience and no doubt your ancestors have been supporting you along the way to find your way <laughs> as you have. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it also parallels during this springtime, you know, the awakening of the trees from the roots, the root energy, like deep into the earth, they kind of 
pull their energies from the deep parts of the earth up into their root systems, up their tree trunks, and and bring that energy upward in order to bloom. It's kind of great symbolism and imagery to think about how we can reach back into the lessons learned from our ancestry, from our ancestors, and kind of bring that forward in order to blossom in the future. Mm, yeah, that's so well put. Mm. And Ramina, how can people find you? How can they connect with you? Yes, so I am pretty active on Instagram. And um, if anyone wants to message me there, um, I, I respond um, pretty quickly. It's at Romi, R-O-M-I underscore apothecary. So that's my Instagram handle. And then you can also find my products on um, Romi Apothecary dot com great well i really appreciate you being here with me today and sharing your story and all of your wisdom and just yes thank you again i'm looking forward to seeing the continuation of romi and all that you have to share with us Yes, thank you so much, Megan, for asking me to be a guest on your podcast to, to see that what I had to share was important enough to share to the world. So I'm really grateful to you and for this platform. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Take care.